Hey everybody, welcome to Dungeon Town. Thank you for checking us out. First and foremost, my myself and my my three friends who are playing this game with me were really excited to be releasing this material and, and sharing our Dungeons and Dragons game with you. As a quick credit, I'd like to thank DJ Cutman whose music you're hearing right now. He's from uh, Philadelphia, uh, Pennsylvania, and he's super talented. All of his music is open license, and I'm going to be using it for our interstitial music and our in our intros and outros, so gotta thank him. Um, so in this episode zero, basically I'm just gonna tell you a little bit about myself, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna try to briefly describe how D and D is played, uh, which even if you're an expert, should be uh, pretty pretty comical for you to watch me uh, stumble through how to play D and D in a couple minutes. Then we're gonna meet the the characters involved played by Tim, Colby, and Robert, and then I'm going to run through some credits, um, and I, I, I recommend listening to it all if you're, if you're into this, and uh, if you're a friend of mine, or just a, a, a fan of the show, or, or just you like D&D in general. So, I'm just going to tell you a little bit about my, myself real quick. My name is Dashel, or Dash for short, it's whichever you prefer. When I'm uh, not playing D&D, I'm usually playing in, a, in one of my bands here in the Portland area. I'm just hanging out. Catch me on a show. I've been playing role-playing games for about 15 years, and D&D for about 10, and I've been dungeon mastering for about 5 years. Um, I'm really lucky to have the, the talented group of players on the show with me that I have. So before I run down kind of how to play quickly D&D, I just want to say if you're into this and if you want to get involved, like if you're an artist or a musician and you want to contribute to the show, draw about it or write some music, like please get in touch with me because I love to collaborate with people and I love the the D&D scene. So I'm going to try to stumble my way through describing how to play D&D. In a nutshell, and first and foremost if you've never played, basically how the game works is there's one person that is the dungeon master. And so they pretty much control the rules and the systems of the game. People who aren't the dungeon master are player characters. So my three friends who are going to be sitting at the table with me are the player characters. They all have sheets of paper in front of them called character sheets that have the physical attributes of the character, the mental attributes, the different statistics that define what the character can do on them. So our players, Tim, Colby, and Robert, have their character sheets in front of them that dictate the characters that Tim, Colby, and Robert have created. Think of it like this. If you're sitting down and you're playing a video game, maybe like a role-playing game like um, Fallout or Skyrim, Final Fantasy, whatever. So, like, if you were playing a video game, 
you, the player, are holding a controller, and inside the game, that's your character, and the dungeon master is like the, the game console and the operating system of the game. So the most uh, Im- important thing to know when running through this game, because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to really not talk about or focus on rules more than I have to and make it more about story and exposition, the most important thing is when I say something like make a, uh, make a constitution check or make a wisdom check or whatever, a check is when one of our players wants their character to attempt to use a skill. So say you want to pickpocket someone or say you want to win a arm wrestling match. Say you want to persuade someone to do something for you or deceive someone or make a check on a religious or magical history, etc. Uh, a check is what the players will do to like ask me if they succeed in what they're trying to do when i ask for a a check of any sort there is a a skill or an attribute relative to that that our our players are gonna roll on a dice to determine how well they do most of the rolls in the game involve a 20-sided dice or a d20 and whenever a, a skill check or a, or an attribute or an attribute check is asked for, the player will roll a twenty sided die, and that'll dictate how well they do. The higher they roll, the better their outcome. With a twenty on the die being the best possible outcome, and that'll make something really cool happen. And with a one on the twenty sided die, that's the worst thing that you want, and that'll make something really bad happen. If you ever have any questions about in-game rules or why a ruling was made or just general questions about how to play the game, feel free to email me at dungeontownpodcast at gmail.com and I am happy to answer any any questions that you might have. So that's the game in essence. It'll really make more sense as we go if you've never played and and really it's going to be more about the story and about improv and just enjoying the game. All of that being said, I know a really common question that people ask me is, like, do you play with maps? Do you use um, lots of visual aid? And um, you can play D&D with maps or any kind of visual aid that you want. Um, Myself, I I don't write maps or do maps for combat. It's all theater of the mind, per se. So uh, don't feel like you're missing out on like a sweet battle map or something like that because uh, I yeah I just I don't, they're not my style. So yeah, we 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 play this game uh, like verbally. <laughs> so yeah, let's uh, let's go down to the basement and meet our players and the characters that they've created. And just a super quick warning: um, the the volume's gonna go up slightly in just a second because I'm. I'm recording this upstairs, and we we play in the basement. Our setup's a little better down there than the microphone I'm using right now. Um, And that being said, um, our production level goes up quite a bit after the first couple episodes. So, um, yeah, I'm just a novice, so just bear with me on that. But, uh, yeah, anyway, let's let's go meet the characters. All right, right, uh, Colby, 
Uh, tell us about your character, Kiralanian, and a little bit about yourself, too, if you want to. All right. So Kiralani is a human from Dakar province. Um, his parents are Arvin, or Kira Arvin and Kira Sampson. And uh, I know that they were into some pseudo-sketchy stuff uh, when I was much younger slash before I was born, but I don't really know too much about it. I do know that my father, uh, Samson, passed on a magic hammer to me. He says there's a magic scythe out there somewhere that is its pair. So I'm kind of on the lookout for that. Mm -hmm. Complete the set. Got to find that scythe. Mm -hmm. uh, several, I guess several years ago or many moons ago, if you will, I took a job as security on a, like a traveling caravan because I was like, yeah, I can totally provide security for this caravan. I'm a bad butt. Um, but I could not. I was not prepared for the challenges, and the caravan came under attack from, uh, I think we said a troll, from, uh, from something. Canonically, it was an ogre, an ogre who, who smashed into your cart, and you were sitting in it. You were all cattywampus. And uh, because of... Uh, I was attacked. I was knocked unconscious. By the time I came through, everyone I had been paid to protect was dead. But there were some heroes from the local adventuring guild who uh, saved my life by defeating said ogre. Um, and since then, uh, those heroes have kind of unfairly spread this rumor about me being a coward. That's why sometimes people will call me Kiralani the coward, even though I was not cowardly. I was actually quite brave in accepting this assignment, but whatever. Yeah, that nickname's catching on like crazy. It lately. is. Um, Especially because you keep reminding people. <laughs> uh, well, I try not to. I try to refer to myself as Kiralani, the brave guy. That's not catching on, though. Oh, I'm sorry. I keep reminding people. <laughs> so what does yeah. Kiralani like, stand for? What, are, what, like, what, what, what gets him going every day? Why does he do it? Uh, well, Kiralani is primarily motivated by uh, an incredibly vain pursuit of fame. <laughs> uh, he really sees himself, or rather wants to be seen by others, as a heroic figure. Uh, he wants people to talk about his rep and how cool he is and how good he is. Um, his parents raised him, uh, I guess you would say, to be a communist. Uh, but Kirilani doesn't have a great grasp of politics, so he doesn't really understand what being a communist or socialist is about, <laughs> but he, he knows he is one and he believes in it. Uh, he was just raised that way and he knows. He's, he's right. definitely like a people's person. Yeah. He's a hero of the people is how he wants to be seen. And that is his primary goal is for everyone to be like, wow, brother Kiralani, comrade Lani, that guy is the best. Um, but so I do try to live up to communist ideals, even though I don't really understand them. Um, Excellent. Anything else that you would like to add? I think that's about it for Kira. Uh, yeah, I think that's good for him. He's big, dumb, and honest looking. Um, he's pretty funny, too. He's a nice guy. He likes everybody until he doesn't. <laughs> Great. And then he will murder some people. All right. Um, Tim, are you ready? Would you like to uh, tell us a few things about your, your character? Yeah, Santhoth. <clears throat> Absolutely. So, yeah, I'm I'm gonna be playing Santhoth. He's a half elf wizard. Uh, he grew up in quite a uh, 
easy lifestyle, we'll kind of say. Uh, never, you know, his grandfather is is one of the people that actually started the Wizarding University in the city of Albright. Because, um, well, I guess in this world, the magic, magic isn't really all that old. So it's kind of a big deal that my grandfather has started like a school about that. Yeah, and it's uh, a pretty low to mid magic world at this point. Yeah. So, you know, I, 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 I showed affinity for that, you know, being half elf. Absolutely. It was easy to kind of like show an affinity for, for magic. So they, you know, I just kind of had like a, a free ride at the university essentially. And, uh, uh, because of that, I never had to work very hard. So Santhoth is uh, a little bit, a little bit on the lazy side, we'll say. You know, he can like he's he's smart enough. He can easily pass all his tests and stuff. But you know, if you see the the uses of his magic, uh, you know, things like magic hand or tensor's floating disc, those are like his go tos. That so he doesn't have to get up to pick another book off a shelf or have to carry anything really. <laughs> yeah, he's finding himself newly <clears throat> motivated. But oh yeah, was, but almost like Kirilani, he doesn't quite know what that means. Yeah, yeah, and especially yeah, I mean, like just recently, uh, his grandfather had passed away and explained to him that it is important for Santhoth to uh, push himself further in his studies because the university can only get you so far. Uh, so his grandfather had set him up this appointment to go work for Power Co. to kind of help him push him with his magics. And because uh, now, like now that he's passed on, Santhoth is is now that your grandfather's now now that his grandfather now that yeah on. his grandfather is passed on, it's going to be like a, a duty that's going to be passed on to Santhoth when he's like ready. Uh, and yeah, I know. I just Santhoth, he's just a smart guy. He does like to help people, so he's not like a huge jerk about it, you know. Um, but he's very like always. Always, always looking for more to cram into that uh, that, that cranium of his. <laughs> uh, tell us about Disky. Oh, Disky, yeah. I mean, that was like one of his like as soon as and, he... and kind of explain it uh, so those who don't play D anD D will will know, know right know what uh, we're talking about. Right, yeah. So Disky is um, my my family. You know, knowing the uh, affinity that I have for you know not really wanting to carry stuff. Uh, in my spellbook that I have, they actually kind of they wrote it into as like a free way for me to s- kind of cast it. Uh, there's like a little get around to that Dash and I talked about, whatever. But uh, he has Tensor's floating disc, which creates this. Uh, I think it's three feet wide. It's a spell. It's a yeah. It's, well, yeah. It's a spell that I can cast, and it creates this disc that can carry up to 500 pounds. And I pretty much just like use it for very menial things. I'm never really pushing it to 500 pounds, or at least I haven't until uh, I tried to put a cow on it one time. If you listen to the bonus <laughs> episodes, you'll understand that. Uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, so he, that's just kind of his go-to all the time to figure out new ways to be able to use that, and uh, that's definitely come up recently. So it's like his, uh, it's like pulling a little wagon behind you, essentially, and instead of actually carrying his stuff, it just has... His stuff get carried on that. You know, he's not too strong, but definitely not <laughs> definitely not into carrying things either. You've been utilizing Disky though, and uh, he's been a good addition to the party. Oh yeah, absolutely. In like ways that Santhoth never thought that it would be useful for, because it, it just wound up being 
incredibly useful, actually. <laughs> so um, is there anything else you'd like to tell us about Xanthoth? Um, just in summation or in just last thing? Yeah, no, I mean, no, no I think I think that pretty much sums up. I mean, you know, he's there at PowerCo because he got set up by his grandfather to kind of further his studies and see how and we if, can if you you know, use tell his our, magic uh, in different ways. If you want to tell our listeners anything about yourself, now would be the time, too. About me? Like as a person? Yeah. Like a player? Tim? You don't me? have to. And you're, and yeah. Nah. All right. That seems to be our trend. A man of mystery. I say some things about myself at the beginning of this episode. They're not you, here for you me. They're here for Santhon. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Robert, if you would like to tell us about Axmar or anything about yourself that you'd like to share, now would, now would be the time. Yeah, hi, I'm Robert. I'm playing Axamar, the Wood Elf Cleric. He comes from a small elven village called Rensvela. He His village was struck in his childhood by a violent plague that took, among other people, his brother and father. His grandfather and mother were one of the... Or his grandfather was one of the first like clerics in this world back when magic was still pretty new and they were first discovering how to yes, plead to the gods for magical favors as Axamar sees it. Totally. Axamar ha- was really deeply affected by that and has sort of a sort of a brooding goth kid air to him because he has a really complicated understanding with death. He worships he follows as a cleric Neralis Anelor who's a lesser god of among the elves, but is specifically the god of both death and healing, which is a duality that Axamar sort of clings to about how like death is like necessary and natural, but like, oh gosh, why do we have to suffer? La-di-da. <laughs> so he went into cleric school m- with more of an interest of being like a, a, a doctor or a medic than a proselytizer of his religion. But he, I think in his heart of hearts, realizes that that's how Neralis Analora would want it because his god wants people to be very sort of hands-on and responsible for themselves. Neralis is really famous for only granting like one major favor or basically letting someone skirt death once if they ask real nice. So it's always like a, hey, like, do you really think you're going to die? Because if you could pull through on your own, you're going to waste it. So, but if you really think you're going to die, you can ask the god to save you. Otherwise, just suck it up and let me stitch you up. Kind of thing. Uh, um, <laughs> that is exactly what what Neralis yeah. would do. Yeah. Yeah. So, Axamar does appreciate that, but especially as a cleric struggles with, like, what role do the gods play in our lives? What can What can he do on Earth to make suffering less or to keep people from getting sick or hurt or heal on their own yeah and and you definitely understand like the tenets of neuralis and 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 how the minor god neuralis operates but i think axamar is is yet to actually make that personal connection with his god yeah and that's and that's kind of where where his struggle is coming from right now right yeah, Axamar wants to be very, like, a hands-on doctor, but is still coming to terms with, like, how much he can or should rely on his god. So he, he still uses magic powered by Neralis, but he is 
just as likely to try to use his medicine kit or just like fight his way out of situations. This magic was brought to you by Neuralis. Analog. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's sort of Axomar's like main crisis right now is like exactly how religious is he, which is kind of a weird thing for a cleric to be worried about, but maybe he's in the wrong line of work. Yeah. We're going to figure it out. We're going to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, hey, it's just me again now. Um, yeah, those are our, our characters that uh, Tim Colby and Robert have made. Um, we're about behind the, behind the screen here. We're about six episodes into recording. And they have all been doing such an amazing job. Like, they have really exceeded my expectations in so many ways. So I think you guys are, are going to really enjoy their characters. Um, I had thought to put this little note in there because when I decided to make a podcast, I was really struggling with how I was going to uh, handle like the scheduling of it and how I would get nice concise like one hour episodes um so I decided to just kind of throw this in there for anyone who might <laughs> who might be wondering um so we game for for two hours a week three weeks a month and then so far each uh hour block that we game in has become an episode um and and that being said if anyone has any uh, other questions about um just the production of this show or anything like that i i would love to share with you so i'm just going to dig into some credits here and then uh yeah we'll start gaming um the first two episodes should be going up with this one and they are just they're they're just packed um we got so much done in those episodes so uh yeah they should be pretty fun to listen to our cover art is by the super talented Cosmo Nueve, um, a homie of mine in California. Uh, you could check out the link to his website in the credits. And if you want to check out some some art of the, the player characters uh, who you're going to be listening to, there's some really amazing caricatures on our website, DungeonTownPodcast.com, that were done by my friend masha volkova and i and i i recommend checking both of them out because they're awesome so i have a slew of really talented artists uh who make the music for this show um we have pirate crab doing our smash cut music that you'll hear starting in the second episode we have dj cutman on our intros and outros um, we have Akane Acoustic and MJK Music that do some really awesome uh, acoustic video game covers. And we got Gers Mellon doing some really awesome like power metal um, video game covers that you'll hear eventually. Um, if you hear just kind of random acoustic that isn't like isn't from a video game, it's probably just me and Tim playing guitar uh, in the basement. Tim Tim gave me a lot of his time to help me record music for this show. Um, so yeah, I th I think that's all of our um, all of our musicians to thank. I would also like to give a shout out to the uh, behind the screen Reddit 
channel. It's a source of so much good information. If you're a DM, you got to check that out if you're not on there. Uh, I'd like to thank uh, Matt Colville, Dan Felder, and Chris Perkins, all as just like such, such amazing DMs that are just helping people learn how to play, answering questions, and putting out podcasts with just great content for DMs. So I, yeah, just want to thank the the D&D community. All right, and again, we really want to thank you for listening. Um, and I urge you to send me an email if you want to get involved, maybe hear like a message of yours, get relayed over the show, or just leave me a leave me something funny and I'll I'll share it on here on the podcast. So, um definitely want to answer any questions you guys have and get anyone involved who's who's interested okay sorry for talking so much i think that's everything i wanted to say in this episode if you just listened to all that thank you uh one last time Uh, and yeah our campaign is up Uh, episode one should be up episode one and two should be up right now so hop on over there and we'll, we'll see you over there when you get there it's gonna be a lot of fun All right. Bye-bye.